Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. I want to pray that the grace will continue be upon us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Bless of us, God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, so I know that we will have we will have issues around. So it's actually my husband's concern. We will have issues around around the the, the internet. We spoke to him, and maybe we'll get a different hope. That's why we can't do broadcasting some other things. But God will, God will help us all in the name of Jesus Christ. We, uh, we have, of course, we have the three days of Bible coming up. And um, we, would, you know, we will be kicking off, especially more into depth of what we are talking about today. And we started this off even at the prayer meeting, and I just felt that it is an area that I believe God intends us to explore. More even on the back of evangelism that we've gone out to do, as the Bible says, as a light of the world, it is, it is important that we, 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 as we look at the Bible more, in terms of the light of, you know, the, the light of God, and so, you know, we're we talking about the necessity of light. The necessity of light. You know, light, light is a revealer of so many things. I was, I was you know, I think I've shared it here before. The fact that you can see this as blue is because of the power of light. So basically, if if the color of, or, or if this place is dark, you will see this place as black. You will not see it as blue. The only reason why you see it as blue is because of the level of light you have. So also that is why you know that's why I believe also that when we get to heaven, when the Bible talks about different colors, it's because you are not depending on this kind of light. You have a higher level of light because Revelation says that. You will not need the sun or the moon. God himself will be their light. And so when light definitely increases, it also gives you a different picture of what you are looking at. Does that make sense? So, you know, so, so, you know I will, somebody can, the level of light, can you can see something that we call it black. And truly to you, it is black. But when somebody who has access to greater light will see the same thing and will say this thing is red. It is, a, it, is, it is a function of light. It's a function of light. And so, so you know, as we begin to, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60, that's what the scripture we read, it said, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is, re- is risen upon you. And the glory of the Lord is written upon you. See, darkness covers the heart, 
and thick darkness over the people. But the Lord arises upon you and his glory appears upon you. The Nazis, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your light. We will, we will be looking at that even a little bit further as we, as we go on. But please note that as we begin to look at this, when the Bible says nations and kings, it's basically saying that institutions, environments, or whatever dimensions you may call, the, the thing that penetrates through them is light. I would give, I would we'll make a case study of, of, of a particular person that Jesus did, and we would, we would look more further into that. But I want also to know that, you know, He's saying that the, the, the solution to darkness is light. And he's also saying to us that he, he calls your, our attention to, he says, see. Basically, you, somebody can be in the midst of darkness and not know. So he's calling your attention to me to say, see. On that transition, we say, behold. And at times when you begin to understand, or when we all begin to understand, you know, at a time I, I wanted to go to God was somebody God said something to me. I was talking about you know, the, the activities of, 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 of demonic activities in a particular environment that I was supposed to go to. So I was now and God just I thought God just said to me, he said, what, what is the issue? He said, when you enter a place and there is darkness, you don't shout that darkness will go. You just switch on the light. Put on the light. As long as you put on, that's why the Bible says that okay, the, the, the power of darkness cannot comprehend. So as we as we look at as we look at a description of somebody in scriptures, which who is John the Baptist. John the Baptist go to just go to look. I just want to just say a couple of things as a background as we move and move closer to see this man as a case study. The Bible says in the fifth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. So this is um, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Now, what the Bible is introducing us to be to first is the government, is the, is the political structure in that place. So there is a political structure in that place they are the Romans that are that are ruling at that at that point in time. So the Bible goes on and he says, he now after he described the political structure in the, in verse one, he went straight to verse two and begin began to describe the religious structure of that place. So he went on to begin to talk about the priesthood of Aeneas and and um, Catholics. <laughs> So you know, he says, he says, and the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Now, what what God is saying is that God, when God wanted to do something, He went beyond the political structure. He, he, he bypassed the, 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 the religious structure to go and pick a boy. So, the issues is that 
when look when this this religious structure was supported by the political structure. Let's go to the next slide. Let's just explain that a bit. So you see that when Jesus was captured, they took him first to Aeneas. Aeneas was the father-in-law of Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to say is that the high priest of that year. Now, why the Bible says the high priest that year was that Romans were pulling out um, the, the high priest and placing their own system into it. So, but this system itself, it is a family business. Remember that there is a way by which a Roman um, priesthood was being appointed in scriptures in the Old Testament. So why God bypassed it was because these are systems, religious systems supported by the Roman power. So, the, but as far as the Jews were concerned, they took him first to an earth because as far as they are concerned, that is the one that was, it was the most influential one. However, they are taking him off the post as a high priest. So when you go, please go to the previous scripture. Is that, that's why the Bible says here that it says, um, no, where did we, yeah, in the first um, verse 2, during the high priesthood of Aeneas, and that, so basically they were both doing, it was like a judge, and you can only have one high priest. But because of the political structure and a couple of things going on, <laughs> they had to, so God left all of that. And when to start something new by going to look for a young man who was also part of the system, as it were, because Zachariah was a priest serving in that time. But yet, God pulled him out of that structure. Does this make sense? Right? Because what I'm trying to do is that before we point out the light it carries. You must, we must first of all appreciate the context by which God was trying to raise a light in the midst of both political structures and religious structures. Both political structures and religious structures. <coughs> So you have it on and on that this, this, this religious structure was still even there after Jesus had died. Because when you go to Acts chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, you would see that, um, you see that, you know, and there's the high priest and, all, and, and all of that family were there, still ruling, still controlling what was going on. They were still controlling what was going on. <coughs> God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, God was trying to raise a particular brand. And the location that God decided to look for was in the wilderness. 
you would think that God would say, let me bring out, no, God would say, no, this is how I'm going to, if I'm going to deal with this structure, how I'm going to, I am going to look, build a, a, something in a particular place that nobody will naturally look, look towards. Because if you want to start ministry, you don't go to the wilderness. But when God was going to point in that point, this um, settled him in a particular way. He said, let's go to John chapter 5. And let's see the testimony of, of John. Jesus said, you, he said, you have sent, you, you have sent to John and he was tested, and he testified to the truth. He said, not, he said, he said, not that I have accepted human testimony, but I am mentioning it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light. On a translation, we say that he was a burning and a shining light. And we choose to rejoice in his light. The Bible says that the description of the light of John, it is not only shining, it is burning. Now, as we begin to move closer and try to look at this kind of light, can next slide, please? Do we have what? Amen. Now, Go to the people, I'll come back to that. This one. I just wanted to point out something. As you come back to the burning and shining light, when Jesus said, You choose to enjoy his light, you choose to enjoy his light, you would think that what that means is that enjoying his light means that when he's ministering, he ministered in such a way that was exciting. But the Bible says here, when we go on, the Bible says something to us. The Bible says, the Bible says, when the people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Judah, um, of, of Judah, confessing their sins and baptized by uh, and, and baptized by him in the river Jordan. The Bible now says that, but when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was being, he was being, he was being, he was baptizing. The Bible says that he said to them, "You brood, you uh, brood of vipers, you are one who told you to flee the coming rocks." What I'm trying to say is that when he was preaching, his preaching was not an exciting preaching. Yet Jesus said. You came to rejoice in his light. So what I'm trying to say to us is that because his light, because his light was having, um, the rejoicing in his light does not mean that it is not a light, a, a light of compromise. That's what I'm getting to. It wasn't a light of compromise. But yet, now, how did it now come that the priests and the, sorry, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to listen to him? Because what was happening was that when this light was, was shining so much, 
People were leaving their churches. People were leaving the institutions. I can imagine that the high priest started service one day and there was no single soul. So the, the Pharisees now said, excuse me, is it that we just also open ourselves and go to the wilderness to go and listen to him? This man, this kind of light went against the political structure and went against the religious structure. And yet, where that light was, the whole of the, whole of the region came to him. And at the same time, the Bible says the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they ended up abandoning the altar to go and look for him. The question is that what kind of light does a man carry that both political and structural and religious um, 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 authorities will leave their places to come to him? It has to be the kind of light that Isaiah was saying when he says kings will come to your light. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. But Jesus was pointing us. Now, one thing I want us to know, this kind of light, okay, let's put it this way. When, did John, the ba- when John the Baptist started ministry, was, or, or, um, Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Do you have it there? Luke chapter 1, verse 18. Luke chapter 1, verse 18. I think I'm doing it later on. Yeah, sorry. God bless you. Now, the Bible says, this is John the Baptist. The Bible says that the child grew and became strong in the, in, in the spirit. He lived in the wilderness until his public ministry started. So, I was saying, to, I used to, when I read this scripture, it's always baffling me. How can somebody be going strong in the spirit and the only place of his ministry is in the wilderness where he's talking to animals? You and I would think by when somebody is strong in ministry, you should be speaking to people. But the Bible says it was in the wilderness until his time of shame. So before people began to come, he was already sitting in the wilderness. Doing what? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Why I'm drawing closer so that when you begin to see the quality of life and how God makes this light. John the Baptist was months or maximum a year ahead of Jesus by birth. Because Jesus was already, uh, they had, um, maybe had the pregnancy when he went, went to meet Elizabeth. So what I'm telling you is that there are a couple of months, not a couple of months, a couple is too, sorry, but uh, <laughs> the we 
six months. Uh, we say couple in Nigeria. Couple is twenty four months. I've been corrected over and over again. When I say couple, it means two. It's quite sad because I have to go and Google it. <laughs> give me a couple of minutes. Uh, when it starts to tomorrow, you say, give me a couple of minutes. So that goes up. It's, it's past two. It's like, sorry. God help us in Jesus' name. So, what I'm trying to say to us is, I'm just, please just follow me a little bit more, is that, is that John the Baptist started his ministry towards the age of 30. That was when the public ministry started. So that means the beginning and the end of the ministry of John the Baptist was only less than a year. Because what was the ministry of John the Baptist? To come and reveal Jesus. So, what I'm trying to say to you is that God kept him in the wilderness for up to the age of 30 for a ministry that lasted not more than six months. Because Jesus was called into ministry at the age of 30. I said it to us before, before we got here, before we got to, to, to this place. God is not interested as he's not so quick, eager, I think he is. He will rather let that light so that when the months or the years, whatever it is that John the Baptist used in ministry, because if John the Baptist started at the age of 30 just by going by the, 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 the priesthood calling, and he adopted him. And John the Baptist died before Jesus died. So, Jesus died at the age of 33. So that means that even push, give him everything. John the Baptist's ministry did not last more than two years. And God kept him in the wilderness for that one. But yet, you will see that once that light came out briefly, he shook the entire system. God is not in a hurry, as people think he is. He would rather spend time. I was saying that said God is interested in quality rather than quantity. If he's going to assign you to do one thing, even if it's just three months. And that's all what your life is centered on. That three months will impact generations to come. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, as we, as we begin to look even a little bit further, we are coming to this, to this light to this kind of light. Now, the Bible says that it was a burning and a shining light. The quality of light. Now, John, let's just look at uh, Matthew. Just go down to Matthew, please. Yeah, sorry, thank you. Yeah. Now, the Bible says that when, okay, God, Jesus was saying, to, said, uh, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about, about John. What did you go to the wilderness to see? Jesus was teasing them. You left your house to go and meet a man in the wilderness. What did you go and see? See, when the quality of light was revealed, 
God time to build that light. The Bible says, he said, what did you go to? He said, he now said that, you know, he said, he, he, said, he said, what did you go there to see? A man dressed in fine clothes. Basically, you know, it's not the suits. I used to say to people that, you know, if I know they are going past their time, or even at his, his, his age now, if Messi was going to wear a vest and a shirt to go and play here, this stage, this place would be packed with people. If I wear Messi's jersey and his shoes, and I go to Wembley, <coughs> and I print poster, and I said, I am coming to play in Messi's jersey, who will come? Even you here, some of you will not come. <laughs> if you have work, you will say, don't worry about it. So what I'm trying to say is that it is not in the clothes. So Jesus was saying, was it the clothes that drew you there? He was saying that, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said no, those who wear fine clothes are, are in the king's palace. God was saying, God was saying see, if you were, if it was posh, you would not go there. Jesus was trying to draw us to an attention that what, what makes the fire that God is talking about is not, um, is not the glamour. It's not the glamour. So he said, he said, he said, then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, he is more than a prophet. This is one who's that God bless you. Just, just go on this. God bless you. Now, I, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm coming to. He said, verse 11. He said, truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not reason anyone greater than John the Baptist. He now said, yet whoever whoever <laughs> is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Please note as we read this scripture together. When Jesus made this, Jesus said, there has not reason. What is he saying? That past tense is not talking about future tense. That's why he said, Whoever, he did not say an angel, he wasn't talking about spiritual being. What he said, Whoever is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. He now said, From the day of John the Baptist. So Jesus was kind of giving a time, um, a, a time mark. See, from the John the Baptist up to now, the kingdom of God is subjected to violence and the violent people raid it by force. Uh, take it by force. Or raid it. Raid it. Now, we're not talking about that as such. But what I'm trying to point out is that Jesus is saying, in the kingdom of God, the least is greater than John the Baptist. That means to be able to function well 
kingdom, you must have a burning and a shining light at the minimum. Hajiko, do you understand? That is, I was happy to hear this. The minimum that you and I will need in the kingdom is a burning and a shining light. Let's go to this. Now, Colossians tells us that he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom. So what does that mean? If I am in the kingdom, and Jesus said the least among anybody in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So if John the Baptist's testimony of Jesus is saying that he has a burning and a shining light, then that says to me that by your, you cannot have anything less than burning and shining light to function in this kingdom. <coughs> Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we as we draw this closer, because I am trying to what we're trying to do is to look very closely as best as God gives us grace at John the Baptist. Because if God is saying this is the minimum requirement, you know, there, you know, when I was new, there's some people who want to earn 40. Let my people go. Yeah, all right, you know, we'll see people, you know, things like that. Those who, would, who, are, who are already, you know, maybe working or doing something, like you're doing a professional course or masters and things like that. You know, all these children, young people, those are the ones that want to kill themselves. As far as that concerned, let me just go, get something, whatever it is you give me, I take. Because at some level, nobody asks you to take care of first or, or <laughs> trying to say, you know, we shall go school. And that's all that matters. And things like that. So if I am now in the kingdom as a child of God, then it is important that at least I am making effort to have the minimum. This is not the minimum to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus is not talking about, that's why Jesus never used the word enter the kingdom of God. So it's not, it's not that you born again, this is not what we're talking about. But to be able to function, to have the kind of light that brings people to God, the minimum is a burning and a shining light. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible goes on to say to us in Proverbs chapter 4. The Bible says that the path of the righteous is like the light of the dawn that shines brighter and brighter. He said, it, Amplified says, it reaches its full strength and, and, and glory in the perfect day. So what the Bible is saying is that as a Christian, you will not start your walk in full strength of light. It is a gradual process of increasing your light. So don't expect that, oh, 
Today, I'm not going to wake up and I'm going to I'm going to fast 300 days and I'm going to end up in, in, in full light. No, it doesn't happen. Light is in progression. But it is important that you understand that your light as a Christian is in progression. So what does that mean? There will be things you think is okay now. But as your light is increasing, you will discover that this thing doesn't exist. That is why at times as God gives you grace, when you see younger Christians making certain mistakes, it is not because you know with time, when their light gets brighter, their understanding will be different. So the Bible says that. Now, why is that important? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 6. Is that the Bible says Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, save darkness and take darkness. What does that mean? Darkness is also in levels. The encounter you have with darkness is in levels. So when the Bible says to the brightness of your life, that means Light is also in, in, in levels. As, as God brings you into new dimensions, you would enter into another realm of darkness. But you need to ensure that your light is also increasing at the same level. So the question is not that you have light. The question is that how bright is that light? And we will be talking about quality of light just briefly. Because as we go into the revival, John, we will be, God help us, we will be dealing with this even on the altar of prayer. Because a man that is light, the quality of his light is still at a level. Let's say level 100. And he goes into, he, he, he sees an opportunity. Or an opportunity opens for him at level 300 of darkness, that light would go out. So somebody who is still struggling or coming out of, let's say, um, um, uh, adultery, or that's the day of fornication, just generally, and he now chooses a ministry of where prostitutes live. Before one week. <laughs> because the level of light is carried at that time is, does not match where it's going. <coughs> that is when you would so, so, you know, like somebody who's who is um, who is a new Christian? Not even a new Christian, even different dimensions. And you are not careful. You are not conscious of it. You are not. You just think that you have light. You are not conscious of the level of light that you have. So the conversation we are talking about today is not that you have light. The conversation is that do you understand the level of light you are having? And when you don't have accurate level of light, 
there are other provisions in scripture that you can hide under so that your light, you know, there are times whereby, see, this is one of the uh, interesting things. When we are gathered like this, you have your own light, you have your own light, what happens? That light becomes big. But at times, people think that because the light is big, you now go on your own and you go and do something. Because level of light is in levels. Because darkness is in levels. That's why the Bible says that the path of the righteous is like a, it shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength. Again, that is why you would see also that we discussed earlier that John the Baptist was in the wilderness for a period of time. But God did not release him, even though he was, the Bible says he was strong in the spirit. Because light is in level. Does that make sense? Lord, help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So just, just a quick touchdown on a couple of things. Is that when the Bible, part of the things, one of the major requirements, the Bible talks about a burning light. One of the major roots of burning, the, what the burning does for us is that it burns the flesh. It kills the pleasure of the flesh. Because the problem is that you cannot go far. You, you only go far with God as far as your flesh is dead. As in the proportion by which your flesh is dead is the proportion by which you go far with God. Malachi, we, we, I'm just going to just share a couple of things with you. Malachi chapter 3. The Bible says that, the Bible says, who can endure the day of his coming? Or who can stand his appearance? The Bible says that for he is like a refiner's fire and like a laundered soap which removes impurity and uncleanness. The Bible says that he will sit as a refiner's fire and purify uh, and the purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of leather. The priest. Please know that these are not believers. These are people who have given their life to Christ. But the Bible is saying when the fire comes, please note the way the Bible puts it. It is quite interesting. The Bible says it will sit as a refiner's fire. What does that mean? In the process of refining, God does not change you. If you are going to be chasing a pillar to post, you are not having refining. Refining, you will sit down. You will bring yourself. When somebody say, "Me and God, we are still, we are still negotiating," you say, "No, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not yet a refining process. It's not yet a refining process." What God is dealing with them, but it's not refining. There's nothing wrong. There's no refining. Refining process. That's why the Bible says he will sit as a, a refiner. And the Bible says he will purify them like gold and silver so that they may present to the Lord a great offering in righteousness. So that means that God is saying, yes, please know that the Levites, they are called. That's their job, to give God offering. Now, 
because you know your calling does not is not an and is that's not what we are talking about. We are not talking about do you know what God has called you to do? No, these people they knew who God has called them to do, but God is saying there is a process of refining by which they have to go through to be able to present it to me. Now, just want to share two or three things with us around when I said that how well your flesh is refined will determine a lot of things with you with God. Let's go to Now, the Bible says the glory of God is to conceal a matter. But to search it out is the glory of kings. What does this mean? God's nature is to hide things. It is your beauty to read. Or to find it out. Sorry. You will see God in nature itself. Those who discover something are the ones who hang money. <laughs> It is not that it, there is nothing you are creating in this world now that did not come from his own. But God, it is God's nature to always conceal it. The benefit that comes to you, that's why it's only people who develop stuff, who create opportunities that are beneficial in life. Because it is God's nature to conceal, it is your own nature to search. Does that make sense? So I'm just using nature also as an example. Now, those who discovered car, they found it from the um, iron and things that get all around. Uh, but they discovered it. We discovered it as a human, as a human race, and we are benefiting from it. God is not benefiting from the car. You are benefiting from it because you discovered it. But our God created a opportunity for us to create a car in, in, in when he created the world, yes. How did we know it? Because it, it is his nature to conceal things. It is for you to search out. Now, on that basis, I'm coming to where I'm talking to you about the flesh. God does not talk a lot. God answers questions a lot. Do you get what I'm God doesn't talk so much. He only answers questions so much. So he can say something to you. He will only go further if you ask him a question. An example is the Lord's Prayer. These disciples were following Jesus all their life, or for the past three years. Why did Jesus not say, let me teach you to come and do he was praying, you know, they saw him. It was until they saw him pray, and he said, ah, oh, God, teach us how to pray. And I said, our father, why did he not teach them before? Because God does not talk all the time. He answers questions. Why? Because your glory is in searching things out. God may initiate something, but he will always initiate it is left for you to find out. 
Now, when does the flesh come into place? It is how dead your flesh is that will determine what you have. If you are controlled by your flesh, you will ask him only things that suit you now and you want him. But what has determined, I'll give an example. You have two people. God said, until you are 40, or maybe you are 50. If you are going to celebrate your birthday, please fast and pray about celebrating your birthday. They both had, they both obeyed. One, they want to celebrate each time their body comes. God, can I do this? God, can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? And God will say yes, no, yes, no, things like that. The second one will say, I would rather not do my body. I will make that day a day where I will go and evangelize and bring souls to God. And I will feed the poor. By the time they are 50, the day that God said they should, they should start, there will be difference in their lives. Did they both obey? Yes. What determined what one got out of it? The flesh. Because the other one is like, ah, oh God. They've already seen that no celebrate bad day as a sentence. So each time they are talking to God, they're like, God, you know, I need to do this. I need to do that. God, okay, ah. Do this, do that, and things like that. The other one is saying, you know, I rather satisfy God for those years. I can guarantee you, Master and sir, is that you will see a clear difference in the outcome of the two. They both believed, though. They both followed prophecy. But the outcome is determined by their flesh. That is why, as a Christian, how it is not that God. That's why it's not that God doesn't answer you. You can investigate something, and God will answer you. But the problem is that your question is for is is either is is you cannot change it. Your question is is directed by how dead your flesh is. That is what will make you ask certain questions versus not. Why is it that why is it that you see somebody in church somebody is is um is fornicating is, is he wants to date somebody's wife and they go to a prophet and they go and ask God should I do this or not? Because that and you get answer. Because the problem is that God will always give an answer. But how you ask is determined by flesh. That is why the Bible always focuses on killing the flesh. Because that will change how you ask it. Does this make sense to us? So, you know, somebody was... Because at times there are certain things that somebody was... Um, 
Um, couple of, you know, a long time ago, somebody was speaking to me, and the person said, each time somebody, if I don't get a place, and somebody's going to offend me, the Holy Spirit would have told me, be careful about it, careful about it, careful about it. And for, for a period of time, they were telling me about that. I found it interesting, but what they did not know was that it was a sign of a problem. So, so at the time, without me saying it at the time, they did not know, so they were getting into issues or fights or whatever it is. And they were like, ah, but why is it that God did not speak to me? So they were asking God only, ah, God, listen, God said, he said, according to them, he said, God said that it is lack of maturity that I have to be telling you that you're going to be offended. So when I said, I said, that's the problem. I said, at times, there's a support system that God is giving you because he sees that you are, you, you, you are, you, you are still small or you are not growing the way you ought to. So but some of us are taught those support systems to be certificates of growth. So when, when the person said, I said, I said, thank God you know that. He said that God may not want, but if he has to warn you all the time, it is because it's because he already knows that that is how you, you respond. So then take him that he responded to you that say it is a disappointment that I have to keep telling you so that you will not respond. Does this make sense? Because as because what what has determined that is because how dead is the flesh. And that is what so, so at times some people would say, you know, you don't I don't need God to tell me, you know, you don't like I was saying something, I said, I said, you know, a man of 99, you cannot end him with, with women. You cannot say because the flesh is dead to that. So and that's why the Bible says that when you are being tempted, at times it is because that the flesh is still not dead yet. That's what the scriptures will continue. He said, those that God tempted, they are tempted by evil desires. So as we, these are things that before God brought him out, he was saying, ah, this fire must be burning. Or else, he will not be able to withstand the test. Our time is fast spent. But I just wanted to just at least start off at that point. Because that was where Jesus started off from. Before Jesus went to shining light, Jesus went to burning light. So that's why we went forth to burn. And tried to look at the qualities of burning. Why is it important that a Christian must always put themselves to always born before God? Because, because that determines a lot of things that you do not, you are not aware of when it comes to God. You only, like I said, you only, you only answer questions that you are giving me, but your question is already tilted. 
by if you are dead or not. And you know, and that is why as you as you keep growing and as your light keeps shining, please don't be satisfied with what you see. At times there are so many things that God will be putting around you. At times those things are just support systems. And he's expecting you not to build a culture around it. You know, at the time when you know when I ministered at the time when I was younger, because I used to do um and things that are rewarding, and I used to um, do the incident. So, at times when I'm ministry, especially when my enemies in union, things like when I'm ministry, I will sense when the presence of God comes into a place, I will sense the the um, tsunami. It will be like somebody smells is, is 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 doing something around them. I know that God is God is. God, the presence of God is filled in that place. So a time would come, I did not smell anything. And the Lord said, see, if I have to, <laughs> if I have to be controlling you by smell, you are trouble. That cannot be your ministry. Smelling of, ah! God, God, God is here. There are times whereby, you know, I was, I wanted to, somebody was sick and I wanted to pray for the person. And I was used to always asking people, or uh, praying to other people, say, what is God saying about this sickness? And that was only I wanted to call people and God said, what are you praying, what do you want to find out about this sickness? Say, where is scripture? Did you see me say, before you pray for somebody, go and find out what kind of sickness, what, what, what? He said, if I have something to tell you, as you lay your hands, I will let you. But don't let, don't, don't, your first default cannot be. Now, why was God allowing me to use those kind of things before? It's because you can understand certain things better. But now, I now want to build my own doctrine around the fact of, if I don't find out God, what are you doing about this person? And what, what that does is that he also limits you. Can you imagine if you are now, if, you know, if, if you have to find out what God is doing about somebody before you pray for them, if the day you now have, um, you, God now God cannot lift you to a place whereby you are ministering to about fifty thousand people, because you have to find out God about each life. What will happen? You will be there till eternity. But by the time you will say, "What is your name? Can I? What is smooth? Okay, let us let us let us familiarly and things like that." But and you have fifty thousand. When are you doing it? Some things God allowed because they are support systems. But it's important that you also learn to grow out of it as God begins to place you in another level. May God grant us grace in the name of Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.